Welcome to the Inspiration Show podcast with your host, Natalie Ledwell. If you'd like to tune into the Inspiration Show TV channel and watch all of the episodes, as well as receive six pre-made mind movies valued at $234, please go to www.theinspirationshow.tv. If you have ever felt like you weren't good enough to reach a goal, you will love today's show. Scott Cody takes you through the process that he used to get past this negative programming that he experienced himself. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show. And today I'm here with the amazing Mr. Scott Cody. How are you, Scott? I'm great, Natalie. <laughs> Excellent. Um, now, um, I have you here for my Passion Peeps video. And you know, we have uh, ever ask everyone the same questions. Um, so I'm going to just jump straight in and hit you with the first one and just ask you, you know, what is your story? You know, where are you from? What, 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 what was your journey leading up to now? <laughs> well, I grew up in a um, uh, regular family in Southern California here. My dad was working and... Um, uh, blue-collar kind of job and then somewhere around when I was five or six years old he s decided to start his own business which was kind of the shocking revelation back then yeah and he was the first guy to grow pack and ship alfalfa sprouts to supermarkets and became the alfalfa sprout king of Southern California <laughs> and I grew up in this family of expanding possibilities and then uh, they joined the Church of Religious Science with power positive thinking and anything was possible and this company grew and with alfalfa sprouts which is this weird thing and so the spirit of entrepreneurism and possibility was, you know, alive in me from an early age. But I wasn't really all that smart in school, you know. I wasn't that best of an athlete. Uh, I kind of always enjoyed business. I went in the Navy to see the world, went to college, worried that they find out I wasn't smart enough to go. Yeah. and kicked me out. And um, halfway through graduate school, I realized, no, I, I could do this. And I kind of dropped the fear. And, and, um, and then from there, I said, well, what's really possible? What's, what is my most highest calling and what's what's really good and, and then I met Fernando Flores who's a philosopher I met uh, Julio Alaya who's one of my teachers I met Richard Strozzi Heckler and I just got on this journey of expanding myself and expanding myself and out of all that I then discovered that I had this amazing gift to teach and to show people how to jump over the self they are into whatever is required to produce the future they want right so so what is it that you're doing now I have the Institute for Embodied Wisdom here in Ojai, California. Right. <laughs> and we offer a six-month-long program called the Art of Leadership Mastery, which is a somatic-based, for of-the-body based program to change the authentic self you are mm -hmm. so you can effortlessly, easily move into the vision that you have for your future and not have to try so hard, but just out of your way of being, have it happen. Right. So, um, so you're obviously doing what you feel very passionate about. But when did, you when did you first realize that this was your passion? Um, I had, uh, I was doing business and I was, you know, doing consulting, organizational change work. I was using my MBA a little bit. I was using some of these new distinctions that I've gotten about communication. But it was all just to make money and, and to, to do something. And um, I had got, I went and signed up for a coach training program with the Newfield Network and Julio Olaya, not because I wanted to be a coach. I didn't see myself as being a coach at that time, but because I'd sold this big culture change project to a bank and I wanted access to my teachers for free consulting because I had sold right. something bigger than I knew how to deliver <laughs> and I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to pull it off. So I thought that was a great way to have access, like a little safety net. 
And then I ended up getting certified as a coach anyway. And then uh, two years later, I got invited to be a coach on a project to really coach executives. Had never done it before. New thing. Okay, maybe I can do this. Okay. And I, I was then scared again. Like, these are senior executives in big companies. And, you know, I've not done this before. And, like, am I enough, you know? Yeah. And I was, one hand, scared but excited, you know. So I started doing it. And after a few months, uh, all of the people I were coaching started kicking ass. Yeah, right. And doing really well. And some of the other coaches who had a lot more experience weren't having such success. And then one day I realized, because up to that point I'd tried so many things in my life and had been interested in so many things, and I thought that maybe I was uh, wasting my life. I wasn't really committed to anything. And I realized in that moment that... All of my life experience could be used to serve my clients, and everything made sense, and that this was what I was called to do, and I committed myself in 1995 to become a master at it and put everything else aside and focus. Right. Wow. Exciting. Yeah. And how long have you been doing this? Well, since 95, it's 2017 years. I've been years. focused on really this piece of human development and teaching and coaching and growing people as leaders and teammates. Right. So you, you touched on this a little bit before about limiting beliefs, the things that were coming mm -hmm. up for you. How did you overcome those? Well, I, I think, you know, for myself, I had a few. One, you know, growing up, I'm not smart enough to go to college. That was one of my big limiting beliefs. Right. But I had ambition, mm -hmm. you know, and I was in this kind of, going for it but not believing in myself and trying it. I hope they didn't find out and teachers kind of helped and saw I had more capacity and then that one it just melted away when I was halfway through graduate school and I got a 3.76 average and I was leading all the teams and and I just realized you know what I, I'm stupid I mean I'm, it's stupid to believe that I have yeah, this yeah. belief you know I'm not <laughs> stupid yeah and so uh, I, I can remember that I was reading this law book in my table and it just like hit me and I think really there was enough evidence mm. to wash it away. Yep. So producing evidence um, is one thing. In the in the consulting and the coaching world, it was really you know like, am I sufficient to do this? You know, mm. again, maybe not the smarts, but do I have what it takes? And and facing those fears and doing it anyway to produce evidence that yep. you can, I think, is one of the strongest ways to wash away a belief for good. Mm -hmm. But to do that, you have to have the courage to face the fear right there. And so where does that courage come from? How do you get the courage? Um, you know, that's a good question. I think for each person it might be different. But for yeah. me, I've always had a feeling that I was going to do something, you yeah. know. So I kept like a moth to a light, kept moving toward it. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of talk this year, especially in 2012, about, you know, finding your passion and contributing back to humanity. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for people that are trying to identify what their passion is? I think one of the best things you can do is just try anything. If you have an idea, go for it. Check it out. Experiment. Play. You, d you discover what's so for you through experience. Mm -hmm. And it's through the experience of doing it that I believe you get a feeling inside of yourself that you know, oh, that's it. Yeah. It's not, you don't get that when you just write on paper and you, you know, that's a step. It's an mm -hmm. important step. Put your ideas. But until you actually try it, you're not going to know exactly. if that's it. And a lot of people are afraid to try because they're afraid to fail or afraid, you know, a lot of people go, oh, you just try this, try this, try this, keep trying stuff and you'll, you'll discover it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know uh, my husband and I had many different types of businesses um, and then, you know, we sort of fell into the whole mind maybe thing was by mm -hmm. accident. Sure. You know, and, uh, but now we're doing 
individually what we feel very passionate about. So. My whole life's an accident. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, As I one never... series of events leads <laughs> yeah, to another. Exactly. Right? <laughs> it's like, I didn't plan any of this, yes. you know. When I was in high school, my biggest ambition was maybe I could become an air-conditioned refrigeration repairman. Right. If I went to trade school and do all that, I knew I was going to go in the Navy, and then after the Navy, was I going to work for my dad, or was I going to have my own thing? And, and that was my biggest ambition. I failed. It's amazing how life can <laughs> hand you something even more wonderful. Yeah. Um, now, one of the most common questions I get asked is about procrastination. So what advice do you have for people that are in that situation where they're procrastinating on what they should be doing next? My best advice on that is uh, you can always procrastinate tomorrow. Get it done today. Mm. I like that. Yeah. That's a very good uh, mantra. So <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, you can always procrastinate tomorrow. You know, why not just get it done just today? Just jump into it, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so I have a bit of a hypothetical for you. Mm -hmm. A gene is appearing in front of you. It's going to grant you one wish. Um, and it's going to grant you an intimate dinner with one person from either mm -hmm. past or present. So who do you choose and why? Uh, Sir Lawrence Vanderpost. Right. He's recently passed away mm -hmm. in the you know, last 10 years or so, but he was this amazing, amazing man who grew up in the bush of Africa with the Bushmen, and he was, uh, became a newspaper reporter man. He was Princess Di's godfather. He was the first uh, white person to write against apartheid in a newspaper and travel around the world, was a guest of the Emperor of Japan for many years because of some of the things that he did. But what I love most about Sir Lawrence Vanderpost is that he's the kind of leader and the kind of human being that we need most. And he, uh, in World War II, was taken captive by the Japanese, put into a prisoner of war camp, slave labor, prisoner of war camp. Mm. And he was the most senior officer there. Now he's responsible for the thousand men that are there and 10 and 15 are dying every day from disease and dysentery. And he committed himself to have these men stop dying. Obviously, you want to pr improve the conditions or this or that. But he, um, he knew, and the wisdom of this man is that when a human being loses their spirit, then they're going to die. Right. But if they have spirit, then they can survive. And meaning and purpose in our life is connected to our having spirit. Mm -hmm. And he knew the men had lost meaning and purpose. They were, they were hopeless. So he had to find a way to transform the experience of prison camp so that all the men could find meaning and spirit. And they didn't know what to do, but they knew they had to do something. And with that question, with that wisdom, he and his colleagues decided to create a university and have the prison be a four-year university offering all the courses. Wow. All the men signed up. They stopped dying. I mean, they look like they're from Auschwitz. They're just like... Mm. You know, and they have there's pictures, you know, and there's smiles on their face, and they're getting their degrees, and they got into graduate school with the diplomas that they wrote on toilet paper for these guys. And to have that level of leadership, to take that level of responsibility, requires a certain connection to spirit and to humanity and uh, wisdom that he got from the Bush people. Right. And he's a beautiful man and a very very wise teacher, and I'd love to have dinner with him. What an interesting person. What an interesting answer. Thanks for that, Scott. You're welcome. <laughs> now, Scott, if people want to find out more about you, where, where can we send them? Oh, to our website. Mm -hmm. uh, the Institute of Embodied Wisdom's website is embodiedwisdom.com, mm -hmm. and that's the easiest way. Great. And if you just click on the banner to the side there, you can also go through to that site from there, too. Thank you, so Natalie. So thanks again, Scott, yeah, my for, pleasure. for sitting down with me. Um, and guys, please share this video and the information in it by clicking the Facebook and Twitter share buttons above. 
And if you haven't done so already, make sure that you put your email in the box above there because we'll send you the six pre-made My Movies and we'll keep you up to date with all the upcoming shows. So until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously and love without limits. We'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Inspiration Show podcast with Natalie Ledwell. Remember, if you'd like to check out the Inspiration Show TV channel and watch videos of all the episodes, as well as receive six pre-made mind movies valued at $234, please go to www.theinspirationshow.tv.